We hope you enjoy this message from Expression Church of Huntington. Joshua chapter 3, verse 4. Let's go there first. Joshua 3, verse 4. Yet there shall be a space between you and it. Speaking of the Ark of the Covenant, I'll explain this in just a moment, but let's just get the scriptures already out there. About 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near it, that you may, look at this, that you may know the way by which you must go. Now this is talking about the presence of the Lord, the, power, the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant. That you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way, King James, New King James says, before. Joshua chapter 5, verse 4. Go through, we'll go to verse 12. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war died in the wilderness by the way after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised. But all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way as they came forth out of Egypt them they had not be circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were gone. Because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swore that he would show them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass, when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp till they were made whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal until this day. Verse 10 says, And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did, here we go, And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover. They had unleavened cakes. They had parched corn in the selfsame day. However, and the manna ceased on the morrow. After they had eaten of the old corn of the land, Neither had the children of Israel manna anymore. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. How many of you know you're traveling in a place that you've never gone before? Where we are in the world today and where we are in life today, where you are, I don't care, I don't know anybody that's exempt from this scripture. The Lord is transitioning you, moving you from a place to a place, but you have no frame of reference and you have not gone this way before. It'd be easy to go, hey, I know what this looks like, but you don't know what this looks like. You know what it kind of feels like, but you don't have a frame of reference for what it looks like. You've not gone this way before. Because you're going from a place 
of where things have been kind of in a stall position, a stall pattern, where you've done great things for the Lord, you've, you've, you've worked for God, you've worked in ministry, you may have perhaps, you know, given your heart to the Lord a long time ago, and you've kind of had relationship with God, but the Lord is drawing you in closer than you've ever been before. He's moving upon your family and your friends and your neighbors and, and your loved ones like he's never moved before. Things are happening at an accelerated speed, and it sometimes looks like the rug's pulled out from underneath your feet, but the reality of it is God is moving. It looks like things are changing. They're changing fast. But if you'll recognize something, it may feel like, feel like to you that just for a brief moment, and maybe feel like a long moment, but it's really been a brief moment, that you're kind of like in a holding pattern. You're going, God, I feel like... I've been asking for the things to happen. I want you to do something. I, I need this to happen. I need this to move, Lord. But over the last weeks, months, years, whatever it might be, you feel like, gosh, you know, something has to change. Something's got to be different. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're going, hey, something's got to go. Something's got to break here. Well, I got news for you. The Lord usually doesn't break the things. He usually breaks this thing, right? But he don't break it to hurt it. He breaks it so he can put it back the way he desires to put it back. Right? A broken place is a good place in the kingdom. Right? Because when, when it's broken, God can put it back the way he needs to put it back. Circumstances happen. The enemy comes in and tries to knock you off balance, take you out, destroy things in your life that the Lord has put together, set you back, get you discouraged, defeated, and, and down, depressed, oppressed, repressed, ever kind of oppressed, and, and you're sitting there. But in that moment in time, nothing seems to change, but it's a good feeling to know, like the children of Israel did. The children of Israel experienced this. Our shoes didn't wear out. I didn't have to get up. All I do is get up every morning and food was on the table. Manna came from heaven. Right? God took out all of those people that were men of war for 40 years, and every one of those men had experienced God in supernatural ways where they did not have to really work or have to apply an effort to make things happen for their life. Their kids' clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. The kids' shoes didn't wear out. They had manna every single day. They had enough quail when they needed quail. They needed had meat. They had what they needed. There was cloud by fire, but cloud by day, fire by night. I mean, God was just moving. And it looked like, if we looked at it from our perspective today, how many of us would just like to have God that involved in your life? How many would just like to say, boy, I wish my shoes would never wear out. I wish I just had a God manna today, manna today. No, the Lord is maturing his body, and you're a part of that maturation process. You may not know this, you may not even understand it right now, but everything that you have gone through is a time to be thankful for you to be able to see how good God has been to you so you can build a memory on where he's taking you. Because from the time where he's taking you from where you are to where you're going, there's going to be opportunities for you to go, oh God, I don't see you, I don't feel you, I don't sense you, I'm trusting that you're there, but I don't see any evidence of this. It was a lot easier way back then. It was easier to resort back to where it was because at least I could manage that life. Right? I could manage it. It's, it's, I, I knew how to make the decisions that I need to make to live the life I needed to live. But now the Lord takes you out of that, thrusts you into something. Nope, you didn't cause it. Circumstances of life cause it. And now you're here and you have a frame of reference for back there, but you don't have a frame of reference for right here. You've never been this way before. You're going to have to put the manna on the altar 
to get the entire land. You're going to have to put the shoes that never wear out on the altar to get the land that flows with milk and honey. That's why one of the, things, one of the, one of the reasons we're having to do this financial literacy piece and service is take a portion of our service because we've got to equip the mature of the body of Christ, which is you and me and us and the whole body, to be able to steward the resources that God gives the church to steward. See, we're really good at benevolence. We're good at benevolence. If somebody has a need, we can meet the need, right? But what about somebody that's got something on the inside of their heart, and they've got to take a risk from here to there, and they've got to leave safety from here to there to take a step, and it's easier for them to stay right here, and we have to encourage you to take the leap, and when you take the leap, from the time you took the step to take the leap until you land, it's uncertain. There's no manna. The opportunity for your shoes to wear out because you've never been this way before. And the worst thing in the world is having somebody that's never been where you're walking look at you and try to tell you how to live the life you're living. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, we got all those experts, but have never lived that way. They've never been there. You've never been here before. I've never been here before, but you want me to tell you how to live that way? I don't, I, all I can tell you is he may leave you. She may go. You may fall right on your face. Right? It may not turn out the way you thought it was going to turn out. But I know one thing. You will see the Lord from here to there like you've never seen the Lord before. Amen. And you have to take the step to see the Lord. Because you already know him back here. You know that he's forgiven your sins. Right? You know he's forgiven your sins. You know that. You know he's going to forgive you. He's going to take care of you. He's going to be with you every step of the way. But can you put yourself in a position or take a step in a position where you've never been before so he can show you who he is like you've never seen before? Or do we have to have it managed or safety in our little journey so we can at least trace God over here. If that is you, I've got news for you. Let me tell you how the Lord works. He will thrust you out of your nest. Amen. He will thrust you out of here. He will thrust you out of this safe place, throw you out into this place where you have no other choice to look at him or drown. Amen. Yeah, you're Lord, you're God. Jesus, he does it. Now, he's more confident in himself than we are in him because he knows. And he has more trust in you than you have in yourself Amen. because he knows what's inside of you. And the Lord will never test you with evil. He will only test you with good. Yeah. He won't tempt you with evil. He's not trying to get you to do wrong just to see what's in your heart. No. He will lead, lead your steps to test you with good because he already knows what's in your heart that's good. We all right? See, the church has prayed, the church world, for the last two decades into a place where the Lord is thrusting us out of our comfort area because he is not interested in you being comfortable. He's not. That's why he sent the comforter because you're going to need it. The Lord works in the areas when we're not comfortable. It's in those stretching places. I know people that have gone through some sad, horrible situations, 
and it looked like there's no way God could ever redeem it. And I've watched him in every situation come out in a, in a redeeming way. I don't know how he does what he does, but he works in angles and situations and circumstances and into the, the crevices of detail of people's life that we can't even see or understand. But he thrusts us out into those places so he can show us just how big and how good he really is. He does. And what happens is from here to there, the opportunity to run back to there to manage the safety of our life because we're going to cry for manna. We're going to cry for our shoes not wearing out. We're going to cry for here. Peter did it. James did it. John did it. The disciples did it. And, and every time Jesus would say, come out of there. I'm taking you in a place you've never been before. Joshua means Yeshua. It's where we get Jesus, right? The salvation. Jesus said, come on, I'm going, to take you, I'm going to take you from a place to a place, but from the time you leave where you are until the time that I change you into who you're going to be is going to be a painful process. I'm going to be patient with you back here, but when we get out of here, you're going to learn to live a little bit on some, some, some faith and some trust. So over here, I'll provide manna for you for you to recognize that you can trust me. I'll provide manna. I'll meet your needs. Your daily needs will be met. Everything will be good. I'll trust, you can trust me. It's going to be great. But there comes a time when you have to circumcise the flesh, the flesh of the heart, and the heart of the flesh, circumcise the heart, step into a grown-up, mature relationship with him, into a place that he wants you to have that flows with milk and honey. And the church has been really good in Egypt, coming out of Egypt, because we'll follow him to get saved. But 40 years in the wilderness... We learned, have learned to live in a wilderness position where we're able to manage our problems, manage our deficits, manage our emotions. We can manage them by managing, well, we can't emotion, we medicate, all right? And then we medicate, we manage, we medicate, we manage. And God says, I want you to go from that place into an area of life where you're going to require you to build whatever you decide to build that's in your heart because I'm going to place it in your heart. Here you're a dependent on the process. Over here, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the church has learned to toil. And I don't know who we, I don't care who you are. Everybody I know, nobody aborts or bypasses that wilderness experience. You're going to go from Egypt and there's no hop, skip, and jump over to the land that flows with milk and honey in the promised land. You're going to go through the wilderness process. In this process, God shows you him every day. And he, he, he says, only do what I, I say. Only see what I see. Only be what I'll tell you to be. Over here, you're completely dependent upon him. But there comes a time, not that you'll not be dependent, but over here, you're walking with him and you're doing things you've never done before, and there becomes a self, some part of a fulfillment in your life, because over here is when the power of the Holy Spirit is working in and through you, and you're seeing the fruit of your labor, and you're not just trying to get by over here. Are we okay? You've never been that way before. You know what it's like to have a sickness and pray and God heals you, or God doesn't heal you and you just learn to live with the sickness. Right? God, praying for your marriage, praying for your relationship, doesn't seem to change. So you just learn to modify and live with it. Wilderness. Right? 
kids never change. They're not going through, they keep going through stuff and they're driving me crazy. But I've just learned that's just where part of the process of life and I'm here and I've learned to manage how this chaos is. So I'm just going to learn to manage the chaos and stay in the chaos. Okay, right here. Right? Just as soon as you get ready to manage the loneliness, the depression, the chaos, God changes it up. Something happens that changes it up. Somebody gets knocked off balance. You get knocked off balance. A job change, a financial situation change, something. And all of a sudden now, you have got to figure out a way to go from where you are, either to go forward because you can't go backwards. You know too much about him to go back. But you don't know enough about him to go forward. So you have to either go forward or go back, and back's not an option. So you learn to remanage and refocus the situations in life you have right now. Right? We'll take a different approach, but it's really the same approach because it just learns to remanage and refocus where we are right now in life. Right? But God changes it. He kicks you out. And here's how he does it. He says, Joshua said, I want you to stay about 200 cubits, about a football field away from the presence of the Lord, the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant is going to go ahead, and when the Ark of the Covenant goes ahead, you're going to be able to make sure you know which way to go. And if you're right on top of it, you won't see it. But if you're about a football field away, you see the priests, you see the Ark of the Covenant that they're carrying on their shoulders. That is the presence of God and represents the presence of God. So if you stay back far enough, you'll be able to navigate and see where he's going. He's leading, you're following, right? In the wilderness, it was the cloud by day, fire by night, right over top of your head, right? Here, God gets out in front of you further than you like him to be. Here, he's a, a football field ahead. Here, you got to strain to be able to see. And Joshua said, when they move, when the presence moves, you move. If the presence don't move, you don't move, right? There goes the presence. Joshua takes every one of those children of Israel that had been born in the wilderness across the Jordan River. He comes across the Jordan River. The Jordan River closes up. They eat of the manna one more day. When they ate of the manna and ate of the corn, it dried up. The next day, they had to learn to live in a land with giants that had their stuff. It's not going to work as you mature. God, I just need you to, I, I, need, I need $300. I need $300. Well, he may bless $300 in the wilderness because of manna. But what he really wants you to do is create that $300 is a perpetual thing in the land that flows with milk and honey. Here, the wilderness is consumer-driven. The land that flows with milk and honey is producer-driven. You become a practitioner over here. You create. God created in Genesis chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5, he's creating again, but he's creating through you and creating through me. That's the difference. He created one time in Genesis chapter 1. He sit down. His work was finished. He said, this is good. And he rested. He rested. Now it's time for us to work. Right? When, you, when he rests in you, it's time for you to go. When the, the Jordan River closed behind, now it's time to go and create. 
What is it that he's telling you to create? See, here's the real issue. We all have problems, right? And, and not every, I don't think I know a good perfect kid. So if you've got kids and yours is perfect, you can teach the parenting class, right? But kids, kids are kids, right? We all have kids, and kids are not the best all the time, right? So if you're waiting, and that becomes the thing to halt you, and, and you know what? I don't know Ozzie and Harriet. They're not in the church. They act like they're in the church sometimes, but they're not in the church. So you're, you might think you have a perfect marriage, and you might be really close. I'm not down on your marriage. I'm just saying that, come on, Right? It's not always honey and sweet pie, okay? It may be to their face. I'm just saying, we all have issues, right? We're people. We're real. You have life. Things happen. Sometimes she gets on your nerves and you get on her nerves. Sometimes the kids are just too over, uh, unruly and you, you, you want to just whip them all, but you know you can't just whip them all the time. Right? You, sometimes the financial things are falling apart and you just get hit with other stuff and you're going to pressures of life. Right? But here, in the midst of all that, we're all there in some degree. Right? But that, the real issue is we can't stop there. We can't stop. See, the enemy would love to stop you managing our problems and tell you that it's really not, it's not okay for you to just move forward. But I'm here to tell you today, it's okay for you to move forward. It's okay for you to go away you've never gone before. It's okay to cross the Jordan River looking for the Holy Spirit to lead you. And here's how he leads you. He will open up and initiate something ahead of you that it might scare you to death looking at it. But guess what? You have to keep your distance just enough to be able to see him and see in front of you. Job opportunity. Oh God, I got a job opportunity. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the Lord or not. You, you weren't looking for a job opportunity, but the job opportunity opened up. So here you are. You're ready to walk this thing out now. And you're walking, and you're walking, and you're walking, and you have no frame of reference, and you don't know what it looks like, and you're hoping it's the right thing, and you're tr but you're gonna trust the Lord that as you walk this thing out, if it's not him, he'll slam that door on your face. Right? Is, is she the one or should I look for another? Is he the one or should I look for another? Instead of trying to weigh it all out and anticipate what it might be, why don't you just enjoy the journey and trusting that the Holy Spirit is ahead of you? You can see where you are. You can see where he is. And you're walking this thing out. And if it's not the one, it'll close this door in faith. Right? I got to change my finances. I got to change the way I do. And I see the, the, my financial situation. I, got, I see the Lord. He opens up a door. He initiates, and if he hasn't initiated, you pray until he does. And he will. I promise you he will. He's faithful to author. He's faithful to finish. But you better be faithful with his process. Right? He opens it up. He starts walking. Starts walking. Starts walking. Keep your eyes on him and keep your eye where you are. All of a sudden, if the door shuts... You're gone. But here's the thing. Let's say you start on the journey, and you're six weeks, eight weeks, two months, three months, six months into the journey, and you're following after what you thought was the Lord. Your motivation was proper. Your heart was right. 
And you get out there and you go, oh my God, this is not him. Well, he is not going to leave you or forsake you out here. Right? It's going to be a closer door, closer place to the next door that he opens for you. Because I've seen him do, no river is straight, river always has curves. So when you cross that river and you're following after him, he may take you here which you thought it was the right way. It looked like it was the right person. It looked like it was the right direction. And all of a sudden the door shut. You don't have to run back to where you started from. You start where you left off. You following me? No condemnation. You don't have to go back and go, oh, God, I really messed up. Let's say you did mess up. Let's say you made the wrong decision, and here you go. I thought it was God. God, it wasn't you. It was me. I see it now. You don't have to go back and start over. Start where you are. All God is looking for is for you to recognize he's leading you. If you're focused on him leading you, you'll see him. God is not in a game business to trick you. He's not going to lead you and then go, hide and seek. I hope you can find me. No, 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 no. God leads you because he wants to make himself visible for you to see him. That was the goal of the priests and the Ark of the Covenant. The first mandate wasn't to the children of Israel. The first mandate was to the priests that said, you make sure you're in the right place with the presence of the Lord. So they can see you from where they are. God gets in the right position. And then he will point it out. He will not let you miss it. Can you trust him that much? He's not going to let you miss it. And if you do fail, it won't be a failure unless you quit. I've gone through four different relationships, and I just can't get it right. Well, the number five might be the number of grace for you. So rather than kick yourself when you're down after four, pick yourself back up and go, okay, I'm I'm going straight ahead. Right? I don't understand. Things just aren't going the way I thought they would go for me in my life. Quit evaluating why it's not working. Look ahead, see the ark, see the presence of the Lord, and go and recognize you've not gone this way before. So anytime you try to make sense of a bad situation, you're trying to make reference to something you've already known. It negates the entire scripture that says you've not gone this way before. God wants you in a place in your life, and he's bringing you to the steps. He's doing it all over the world. I'm seeing it, and I'm hearing it. I'm talking to people. We're experiencing even our own lives here of new things that's going to cause us to want to create and walk through. As small as this might sound, Pam Tufts says, I really want to do a bazaar. Never been this way before. Right? So what does she do? She gets a vision. And then she goes out and begins to, to work the vision. And she sees the doors that are open up. And all of a sudden, she begins to start looking for how God was connecting people in this situation. And as she, he connected to people, all of a sudden, yesterday, it all came to pass, and people were reconnecting and connecting. And I talked to people I hadn't talked to in 10 years that were here yesterday, and reconnecting and reconnecting. And I thought, my goodness, how did that start? Pam saying, I got a vision. Looking for the presence of the Lord in front of it. And then begin to walk after the presence of the Lord, whatever that might look like, because I've never been that way before. It's that way in every area of life. I know that sounds small in a, in a ministry and in, in a three-month process. I'm talking about what about you? What about your, your relationship with your, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, your whatever that God's putting you together with, and then your kids and all, your job, all the, what is it that's stirring on the inside of you? That the Lord is stirring, saying, there's more, there's greater, there's bigger 
And I want to show you some things that you've never experienced before. But you don't understand, I was, I was married for 20 years. That didn't end well. Didn't end well. Then don't try to wrap your head around your new thing by comparing it to the old. I'm not qualified for that promotion. No, because you've never been this way before. I don't know that I can handle that much money if God just blessed me with that much money. No, but you've never been this way before. He wants to blow your mind. Jesus did it over and over. Peter and James and John left their boat to follow after a man. Followed after him to follow me, which means he's in front, you're behind. The ark was the front, and they were behind. He led the way. He's doing it in your life. See, we've got to get to the place where the Bible becomes relevant and livable rather than theological and doctrinal. It's good to have doctrine, it's good to have theology. But you better know how to live this thing. Amen. You got to know what this means in your finances. You got to know what this means in your family. You got to know what this means in relationship and in your health, in, in your temperament, your mind. You got to know what this means when you're going through a dry spell. Thank God that 40 years of shoes didn't wear out. Thank God for the manna that came down from heaven. Thank God for that. I'm thankful when I'm out here in this season like we're in right now of looking, God's telling us to go, he's, taught, he, he's calling his church, our church, to go out further and deeper to a place that we have no reference of. And he's telling us to do some things that I'd rather stay right here and manage what we got. And he's telling us to go there because we're out of space, we're out of, this is a lot of things that we're out of, we're seeing people get healed, set free, we need to do other impartation things, there's lots of things we need to do, and God's telling us to do it, and I'm going, gosh, can we just not stay here for a while? I mean, come on. Can we just not? It's okay to have manna. But here's the problem. If you don't go, you either dry up or you eat the manna. Because one of them's going to go. And you will end up drying up in this place of the stale period of your life and going, there's got to be more. How many of you in here, to be honest with me, you don't have to raise your hands, just it's rhetorical. You can answer it with your heart. You know in your heart that God is telling you from where you are right now, there's more. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know in your heart there's more. You're, you've been coasting for a little bit, and you thank God for coasting, but there's more. And you know your heart's learning for, yearning for more, you're desiring more, but you're saying to yourself, I don't want to get overextended. I want to do too much. I, I don't want to get myself, you know, in a place where I can't get out of it. I, I don't want, but, and I don't know what it looks like, and I'm waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. Well, the Lord is waiting on you. Because the river has been moving. And God is doing some things. It is the best time for you to right now to take a risk like you've never taken a risk before. I'm not talking about foolishness. I'm talking about a risk. I'm talking about looking ahead, seeing the presence of the Lord in front of you, and the minute that thing initiates, you need to go as hard and fast as you can go to go with him because he's leading you. I know a guy, 
was six years, had a prophecy, six years ago, had a prophecy in his life. And the prophecy was from a very good, well-trained prophetess lady that we know all well and trust her. And she gave a prophecy to this guy. It says six years ago, it says, you are not going to be lonely. God has a woman for you. He's an elderly guy. He's had been single for years. And she's, he comes, he comes to me, he says, God, that's that. you know, he'd given up. He said, God, I've been praying for that for six. And all of a sudden, out of a situation that had nothing to do with him, steps were ordered, and he found himself through a fluke phone call, basically, or text message, a message, and it was somebody that he reconnected with, and now it's been a couple of months probably or more, and that six years seems like this. But in the middle of those six years, it seemed like forever. God brought him somebody in his life, and now it's moving at a rapid pace. The question is, you have to go now. I don't know if I like it moving this fast because I learned to manage the six years of wait. Right? You better be careful what you pray for because when the door opens up, it's an acceleration and you're in that place. We're in that place. I'm telling you, we're going to a place we've never gone before. We have no frame of reference. That's where you're living. I'm living. We're all living there. God is doing it. If he isn't doing it yet, he'll do it today because I just asked him to. Right? And it's going to happen fast. It's going to happen quick. And it's going to happen when you're going to be moving quicker. Your head's going to be spinning. But if you have to be one of those people that have to have it all figured out, you're going to miss it because you're going to try to manage the process and you're not going to be able to manage this process because you have no frame of reference. Right? And he's going to take you to a place. He's going to cross that Jordan River in your life. You're going to see it. You're going to walk and walk and walk and it's going to Times of uncertainty, at times of not sure. You're, I heard this. Somebody's afraid to make a commitment, and the Lord's going to put you in a position where you're going to have to make a commitment because you're afraid of commitments because the commitments you made in the past haven't worked out for you. And the Lord says, put those things under the blood and walk with a new place of reference of, of, of a commitment. And as you walk through this thing and you keep walking through this thing, the Lord opens it up. He keeps confirming it. It doesn't get clear until you, as you journey. The more you journey, the more clear it becomes. It's never clear on the beginning. It's only clear as you go. The, the river closes behind you. The circumcision of the heart begins to take place. Your heart begins to change and mold and adapt to, to God as you're going to your new place. You following me? And as you start going to your new place, your heart be prepares for it. And then the Lord will close up yesterday's provision and open up the door for you to go and be all you're called to be. Your sustenance and your provision will not be from your last season. Your sustenance and provision will be in your next season. Yeah. Oh, man in my life one time told me, he said, the Lord mails checks every day from heaven. You just better make sure you're at the right address. Right? You got to make sure you're in the right season or place of your life. And the Lord wants you to pre prepare. Consumer, it's all about what I've got. Manage my issues. God, I got to get fixed. I, gotta get, I got news for you. You're always going to have things that have to be fixed. And the more you peel off layers and peel off layers and peel off layers, the next season you'll be peeling off more layers. Don't stop your life to peel off layers. Keep your life going and peel off layers. Amen. Right? You'll have a reason. The enemy will stop you and have you looking at yourself so deep that before you know it, it's just you and him. 
And the Lord's over here moving, going, hey, I'm over here at the door wide open. If you'll just quit talking with him all the time, all but your flesh and all your problems, I could keep you over here. Is this helping anybody today? Amen. It's helping me. Because we're in a season, it's, we're getting ready to enter the summer season, summer months, where you can enjoy life and all that. But I'm, I've already, the Lord has already given me some pictures and some visions and some dreams and some, some ideas and some thoughts about the fall and what he's doing globally in, as well as locally. Not just for us, but for, as the body of Christ. Because it's my responsibility to hear what he's saying, not just for me, but for you and for what he's doing across the body of Christ. I got to hear, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? I mean, I should have to just watch Fox News and MSNBC and CNN to get to tell you what God's doing. It, it, no, I should be able to tell you what the Lord's doing by spending my time with him and telling you what he's doing. I'll tell you what he is doing. You are about ready to experience one of the greatest manifestations of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit this world has ever seen. It'll, it, will, it will dwarf Acts chapter 1, 2, and 3. You're going to see that. But here's the challenge. If the container, you, can't hold it, can't steward it, we'll stay in the wilderness and we'll never experience it. And what will happen to be people over here seeing it happen and people over here wondering what just happened. You're going to be a part of that. Have you ever been in a situation where the Lord just blessed you and you didn't ask for it? There's a guy sitting right over here, sitting here in church. He had heart palpitations and heart issues for how many years? 20 years, right? I'm preaching. Was it me? I was preaching. And, and I'll, he, he can't, he, an awareness hit him that he doesn't have to have those anymore. And all of a sudden, they left. How long has it been? Three, and not had one since. There you go. But the awareness made him go for after 20 years. Right? Now, I'd like to be able to say that I looked at him and said, in the name of Jesus. No. You see what I'm talking about? There's something happening that the Lord is doing, and it's not going to be built on a personality. It's going to be built on his personality. It's the Lord's doing. And he's trying to get us to be prepared to leave our wilderness manna safety and security and follow after the Spirit of God as the doors open up. Because he's opening up doors, he's initiating, and I promise you guys, your heart is yearning and screaming for it. Your heart is. Your mind is going to fight you. But your heart is desiring it more than ever. Would you stand with me? I want to pray that over you. I need to pray this over you. I need to pray that you will go ahead and accept that the Lord is moving and, and making you more mobile than you've ever been. I also want to pray that you, he'll, the initiation that he initiates, you'll see and it'll be clear to you. You won't miss it. And then I want you to, I want to pray that you're not going to try to hold on to the wilderness life and the, that, 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 that safety and security that we just try to manage, that things will happen so quickly that your heart will be overwhelmed with joy when you see this thing coming to pass. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, those three things I outlined, Lord, and then so much more that even you have desire for your body. Father, you're good, you're faithful, you're loving, you're kind. I'm thankful for Christ 
I'm thankful for Jesus, you came, you died on a cross, you were buried in a grave, you rose on the third day, you ascended to the right hand of the Father, you sent the Holy Spirit here, that we don't have to live comfortless, but we can have the comforter, but we can have also the strength and power that comes from your spirit. And Lord, you're, you're, you've got us on the, the starting line in life right now, God. You're, you're, you're accelerating us from this place of wilderness that many of us have lived for years and years and years. There's a stirring that's going on in the hearts of your people. They're desiring more. And Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus himself, salvation, the picture, the, the shadow that Joshua represents is really Jesus the Christ. And he's saying to all of us, the Lord is saying to all of us, follow me. Stay right behind me. Keep your eye focused on me. And I'll initiate some things in your life that your heart's desire will believe in, your mind will be blown. And when I open them up and I initiate them, I expect you to just walk through them, go after them. But don't compare from where you've been because this place, this area, and this process, you've never been before. I'm gonna dry up the things that sustained you in your last season so you can reach out and grab and create the thing that I have you for the next season. So trade in the ordinary and the normal. And reach out and grab the extraordinary and the supernatural. I'll have it for you if you'll trust me. Father, we thank you for the blessing of the Lord that's on our lives and on this church and on our people. We thank you for what you're doing across the globe. We thank you, God, that you're blessing your people immeasurably. And we thank you, God, that we can trust you and we can call upon you and you hear us. We know, Lord, that you look over your word to perform it and your word has never returned back to you void. It's always accomplished what you sent it to accomplish. So let your word produce the fruit in our lives that you promised that it would and let the fruit that you send, let it remain in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you all. We'll see you all Wednesday night.